Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend and Veris Sage Institute colleague, Ed Class. On today's show, folks, we love it. We have our second interview with Joseph Pine, one of the co-authors of The Experience Economy. Hey, Ed, how's it going? Great. I cannot believe we've only had Joe Pine on once before because we talk about his stuff so often. It feels like he is with us far more often than whatever was 2015. So it's crazy. I'm so glad he's back. Yeah, it was episode number 34, Joe. I can't believe it. But Joseph Pine is the co-author of The Experience Economy, which was originally published in 1999. He's an internationally acclaimed author, speaker, and management advisor to Fortune 500 companies and entrepreneurial startups alike. A new edition of the Experience Economy was published in 2020. It's been named one of the uh, 100 best business books of all time by Porchlight. It's certainly in my top 10 of all time. Uh, and of course, Joe has written other books. But Joe, welcome back to The Soul of Enterprise. Thanks, Ron. It's a pleasure to be with you again. I can't believe it was like eight years ago because I, 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 you know, a lot of podcasts just like I don't forget them a month from now, but I remembered I remembered ours <laughs> and the conversation that we had. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, you probably heard in our opening, Joe, that we use the term knowledge economy. And one of the things that you write about in the experience economy was that economic eras have always been named based on the corresponding nature of the output. Right. So the service economy, the agrarian economy, the industrial, you know, goods right. economy. Um, and you say maybe the experience economy should rightly be called the theatrical economy. But let me ask you, based on your article last year in Harvard Business Review, are we moving into the transformation economy? Yeah. The, so so yes, the, I mean, the transformation economy is very hot on the heels of the experience economy. And the basic reason is, is that they are transformative experiences. They, they're built on top of experiences. We can only ever change, right? We can only ever transform through the experiences that we have. And so increasingly we aim those experiences we have at some aspect of self that we would like to change. Right? And that's what a transformation is. And use experiences as the raw material to guide people to change, to in particular achieve their aspirations to become what they want to become. Yeah, because you know, you you say, well, commodities are fungible, goods are tangible, services are intangible, and experiences are memorable, transformations are effectual. And unlike all other economic offerings, transformations, um, I, I mean, all other economic offerings have no lasting consequences beyond their consumption. That's right. a great exactly. way to distinguish everything else from transformations. Yep, yep. And they, they do have that lasting outcome, right? An outcome is what it's all about. Um, one of the ways to think about it too, Ron, is that commodities, goods, and services exist outside of us, right? They're all these things that that uh, we own or use or activities that are performed on the things we own, like cleaning my clothes or changing the oil in my car. But experiences for the first time happen inside of us. Right. It's engaging people on the inside in reaction to the events that are staged in, in front of them 
And what transformations do is they change us from the inside out. And so you can say the, the experiences have a long lasting effect, which is the memory, right? But there's still a half-life to, to memory. Like I said, you know, uh, uh, eight years from now, I may not remember our first conversation. Maybe I'll remember this conversation, right? But there's a half-life to that memory, depending on how engaging it is. Um, but the but the effectual outcome of a transformation, you know, stays with us. Yeah. And like you say, experiences, you know, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, that that's how they get commoditized. Right. But a transformation can never really be commoditized, can it? Right. Because the customer is the product. Right. Right. The economic right. offering, the customer is the economic offering and human beings are inherently unique. Uh, we cannot be commoditized. We're not fungible. Like we can swap, you know, hey, let me swap this friend for that friend. And we won't miss that one at all. We'll just take out a new one. No, they're they're not fungible. They are unique. And therefore, uh, because they are the product that uh, the transformations cannot be commoditized in the same way that good services and even experiences uh, can be. Joe, are you familiar with Richard Remelt? He wrote Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. No, I don't think so. He's a, he's a strategist and uh, he, he's got a new book out called The Crux. And he's got a definition of a business model in there that blew my mind. And I want to get your reaction to it. So I'm kind of glad you've never heard of him. <laughs> he, he, he says, in essence, a business model explains where revenue will be earned when goods and services are provided for free. <laughs> what, a, what a mind-blowing But when I That's... think of that, when I think of that, Joe, I go you would charge for the transformation. Right, right. Yeah, that, I mean, that's very interesting. That's what, what um, that somebody really understands what's going on in the, in the economy and how commoditized goods and services are. And one of the things I increasingly talk about, I use this formulation because we so often say goods and services, or if you're in financial services, you say products and services, even though they have no physical things, but they call them products and services, packaged services and unpackaged services. But but it, it's a matter of what's happening is, and it gets back to the first question you asked, Ron, about how quickly you know, are we moving the transformation economy, as I think of them very much together because it's going from goods and services to experiences and transformations, right? With an ampersand in each one, the goods, ampersand, services, experiences, ampersand, transformations. And those are things that subsume ideally the goods and services. So, so the, the, the book you're talking about is exactly right. And right, you effectively give those things away for free and subsume them within the experience or the transformations that you have. It's like how um, how uh, most phones today or often phones are subsumed within the service contract, right? We'll give you the phone for free or we'll give you at, if it's an iPhone, we'll give you at this big discount, right? And, and then you just buy this contract for you, right? So the goods are subsumed within that services and increasingly, increasingly that's going to be the case with uh, experiences and transformations. Well, in the book, you've got that great example about the birthday cake, you know, mm -hmm. mom making the cake and then buying the cake mix and then buying the sheet cake and then Chuck E. Cheese, if you have your party <laughs> here, we'll give you the darn cake, you know, for, right. we'll just throw right. it in. Um, when you, I, I just have to ask, Joe, when you laid out that hierarchy of value with your co-author, um, is, is it Jim Gilmore? Jim, Jim, Jim Gilmore, Gilmore yeah. Um, did you guys see a lot of transformations or was that just something that you were thinking about and knew that it was the next iteration probably well it we we saw the possibility of it we saw very few actual ones right, right. 
Um, but it, it comes out of the the heuristics that is that is inherent to that progression of economic value, right? Which again has the five offerings: commodities, goods, services, experiences, and transformations. And then it, it has it, it has three dynamics within it. So one is commodification with an F. Commodification is when you turn something into an economic offering and you commodify it and you sell it to somebody, right? So you extract a good out of the ground and then you sell it at a farmer's market. You make a physical good and then you you uh, you know you sell it on your website. You you deliver a service when somebody says this is what we want. So and you stage experiences and you guide transformations, right? So that's that's one dynamic. And then the the uh, next one is commoditization, right? With a with a T in there. Commoditization is when the offering becomes like a commodity where people don't care who makes it, they're about the brand or features or increasing with experiences, they don't care that much about the memory if they're going to get it from, you know, they can get it from anywhere. Uh, and and so it, it causes people to buy based off price and convenience, right? And then finally, there's customization, uh, which is the antidote to commodization, right? Commodization drags you down year after year. If you do nothing, you will be commoditized. But customization lifts you up. You can't help but be differentiated if you work with each individual customer, figure out what they want, and then do something exactly uh, uh, for them. So so those three dynamics uh, that are there uh, uh, really complete that progression of economic value and uh, and make it so you can see how we we move from goods and services to uh, to experiences and transformations. And now I'm forgetting where I was going with that to, to answer your question, Ron. <laughs> Something that didn't happen eight years ago, but <laughs> remind me what the, what the question No, you was. answered it. I was asking okay. you if, if you had just anticipated transformation oh, right, or, it, right. or it was something you were seeing out there in the market. When you right, right. Thank you. Right. So, so, where, so I discovered all those heuristics from my first book, Mass Customization, right? When I realized that you, if you customize a good, you automatically turn into a service. And so what does it turn a service into? That's a transformation, right? When you design a service that's so appropriate for this particular person, exactly the service that they need at this moment in time, then you can't help but make them go wow and turn it into a memorable event, turn it into an experience. So at the same time I came up with that, I asked the question, okay, what's next? Can experiences be commoditized? Well, yeah, even been there, done that was, was around you know, 25 years ago when I originally came up with this, almost 30 years ago. And... Um, and so I said, well, what happens when you customize an experience? When you design an experience, it's exactly what people need. That's when you can't help but turn into a life transforming experience, an experience that actually changes us in some way. So I knew that transformations were a were there. I mean, you particularly like one of the things I was doing at the time was getting um, uh, golf lessons, right? I wanted to become mm -hmm. a single digit golfer. And so I, I, that's one of my reckoning. Ah, I want, I have an outcome I want. I want to get down to single digit handicap in golf. I have a guide, right? My golf coach who is teaching me how to do it. I'm paying him uh, for that. That is the, the transformation that I'm looking for. And obviously healthcare is a big one. One of, one of the things I've hit on more recently is, is any business that's in the business of helping people become healthy, wealthy, and wise, to use Ben Franklin's formulation, yeah. is in the transformation business. Right. I, I, and this is what struck me. I And before your book came out, I think I read your Harvard Business Review article that was published a year or two before the yep. book was even out. And I was a practicing CPA at the time. And I thought, we are in the transformation business. <laughs> yes. We do this all the time. We help people grow their business. We help them retire sooner, get their kid into college, buy their dream right. home. All of these things. I mean, a transformation doesn't have to be something grandiose, does right. it? And 
And I would add, keep them out of trouble with the IRS. Yeah, keep them out, yes. <laughs> but but it, but it can be, I mean, even I mean, even a landscaper could say something like, we'll give you a best curbside appeal. Right, exactly. It's, it's, it, and there, the, one of the things I've appreciated over the last couple of years is, is, is a sort of a lesser order of transformation. I've originally thought of it as, shoot, right, you go to the healthcare system and you've got cancer and you cure my cancer and remission and I've been transformed, right? Uh, and, and for me to finally make a uh, single digit handicap, which I eventually did, right? That was like huge from where sure, I was. That's huge. But there's a lot of smaller transformations. I'm working with uh, next week with a, um, Siri, a, a company with a lot of uh, theme parks around the world. And, and I went to, I took my kids, I remember, to one of these theme parks early on. And one of the things they did is that the thing that they remembered the most, and I talked to them recently, and this is the thing they do remember the most, was uh, was going through a driving school and getting a license, right? And that license are what I call emblems, right? It's an emblem of a transformation. You are now a driver, right? I mean, it wasn't for real. It was for fake, but but they drove around. They got this license. They were so proud of it. And that also made me the hero for the day, Absolutely. right? For a day, I was a yeah. hero with my kids, and that is a transformation. It's a, it's a temporary one. It's a lesser one, but there are huge things that are done. And like your point about the the landscaper as well, right? Is make my make my place look good in the neighborhood, <laughs> right? Get, get the HOA off my back. But I mean, Boy Scouts with patches, right? I mean, no, that's right. kind of the same type of thing. I'm, you talk about medals in the army, you know, and things right. like that. Um, right. Which is, which is something CPA should think about, right? I mean, emblems are to transformations what memorabilia is to experiences. To experiences. Right, is the things we take, we want, we, you often buy, but sometimes they're given, sometimes a part of, of the transaction that we take, at like a, a you know, ticket to a, to a movie or a concert. Uh, but these are items of, of precious memorabilia because we want to remember these. And emblems are those things that signify the transformation that, that, we, that we have undergone. And 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 so your know, CPA obviously is like when I get back my my huge tax folder right from the accountant that after he sends it all in he mails it back to us right and and which you scan all this stuff in and it's like very anticlimactic right, right? instead of right. why is this not presented in a way look at you've had another year in the belt look at the job that you've done your business has grown this year or whatever the the appropriate thing might be and we congratulate you on this and we look forward to working with you to make you a success for the next year right to your point about what cpas can do that would that would be amazing <laughs> that's fantastic well joe i know ed's got a bunch of other questions and he'll probably dive deeper into your article but that was a fantastic setup i wanted you to kind of explain in your own words what the transformation was so thanks for that it was wonderful and folks we'd like to remind you if you want to contact me or ed send us an email to ask tsoe at verisage.com check us out at the soul of enterprise.com and if you want you can become a patreon subscriber where you can listen to our content commercial free and plus our bonus content and of course that uh, channel is now sponsored by 90 minds be kind to your mind hire one check them out at 90minds.com now a word from our sponsor follow voice america at facebook.com forward slash voice america for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts have you ever read a book that changed your life I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. 
Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are back on the Soul of Enterprise. And for the second time, we have Joe Pine, author of The Experience Economy. But Joe, I wanted to turn your attention to the New You Business, which is an article in Harvard Business Review from about a year ago, February of 2022. And you've already kind of talked with Ron about what is a transformation. But I wanted to get your reaction a little bit to Ron and I have been talking a lot about subscription, as we talked about during the break. Ron's got a book out about moving professionals to the subscription economy. So I want to drop our uh, definition of a subscription business on you and have you react to it. And this, this is, is what the we're second calling definition, it. you guys. Yes, I know. Yeah, every segment right. we get a definition. Yeah, every segment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're calling it periodic recurring payments for ever increasing value and serial transformations. Interesting. Interesting. Right. Right. So I think that that is a, that is a great description for what I know you guys want to do. There are some subscriptions that would not get to that last that last level. Um, but I, I definitely like that as the goal of what you're of what you're accomplishing uh, with your uh, with your business. Yeah, we we work with lawyers, and you know, one of the things we we joke about is like really tough to sell someone on a divorce lawyer subscription. You know, <laughs> 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 you know. Although you know, I've, I've, I've known a few people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who um, may who may actually need that? <laughs> that's right. I've got my divorce lawyer on retainer. Right. It's like <laughs> <laughs> Never a good way to start out a new relationship. No, no. Um, but you do go through, and you've talked about what is a transformation. But in the article that you then move on to talking about defining successful transformations, yeah. and you talk about ascertaining the jobs to be done. Uh, you talk about defining success along the way, and then identifying the barriers. So t- take us through that that process. Well, one of the one of the key things is to understand uh, jobs to be done, right? Jobs to be done. It's, it's it's funny. Like our our Harvard Business Review editor, who I've worked it with for thirty years, in there when we just sort of offhandedly just start talking about jobs to be done, he says, "Well, I think you need to explain this. What is jobs to be done?" I said, "You've published like 25, 30 articles on jobs to be done. Don't you read all your articles?" You know, it, it, Clayton Christensen, the promoter, he didn't really come up with it, but he promoted it most, uh, and it's understanding. Uh, customer needs in terms of what they're trying to accomplish, 
Uh, and, and, you know, the classic example, um, I forget the, the Harvard professor's name in the 60s who, who, or 70s who first talked about it, was, was uh, a drill, right? Why are people riding a drill? Because they want a hole, right? And, and you can, you can, they can buy a drill and do it themselves, or they can hire a handyman and, um, and have, the, have the hole drilled, right? So it's the same job, but different means to be able to accomplish that job. Uh, and if you understand what the job is trying, what, what, what the customer is trying to accomplish with that job, then you can um, uh, be much more particular and provide a lot more value than just thinking internally, well, I sell a drill, right? And, 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 and uh, you have this product-centric view uh, to it. So one of my co-authors there, Dave Norton, um, has, is really one of the world's foremost experts on jobs to be done and has a framework for four different types of jobs where there's functional jobs. We talked about this in the article. There are um, um, emotional jobs or social jobs. And then something we came up with together when we re re realized that uh, how important transformations were is there are aspirational jobs as well, right? And if you understand that and be able to uncover the aspirational job that somebody wants, then how you do, even if you're still selling a good or service, right, you'll be able to do that differently and get up there, which which then will lead you into uh, that ever greater value that you talked about uh, uh, in your definition. So uh, so that's a key thing is ascertain those uh, jobs to be done. Uh, and then um, uh, what was the second one to remind me? Yeah, no, sure. Uh, de defining success along the way. Right. So how does the, what in the customer terms again, what is their success? And along the way, means that rarely is there one life transforming experience, right? Where you go from here to here, right? Sometimes that happens, but more often it's a progression. It's a series of experiences you have. And guess what? Sometimes they go like this, right? Before, before you get there, you have the backsliding that is there. Sometimes after you get there, there's still some backsliding. Um, but how do you define those milestones and that success? When, in the customer's uh, terms, what is it they, that they are looking for? You know, if, you, if you're trying to lose weight, um, and you again, you can hire a, a, a weight loss book for that and follow its diet. You can hire a an app, a service on your phone to help you track things and keep track of how many calories you're doing. You can go to a dietitian, or you can go to a gym, or you can go to some other place and have that um, experience of trying to lose that weight. Or you can hire a personal trainer who's paid to actually get you to lose the weight, no matter what it takes. And that's more of a transformation that you've got a coach there. So you can hire any one of these to be able to get it done. Um, and uh, but is it is it a matter of do you do you is, you want to lose 20? Sometimes they say, I, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to 30 want to lose 30 pounds. Or what, what they really mean is I want to look great in that swimsuit I wore last summer. <laughs> right. And that, and if that's the case, then it's a different uh, thing. Uh, and uh, or they may they, they it may be uh, some other um, uh, underlying goal of what they're really trying to accomplish, of, but what they're saying is up here. So one of the things that I talk about there is I borrowed a, a um, um, term from total quality management, the old TQM movement uh, in manufacturing, which I learned when I was at IBM many moons ago. And, and that's asking five whys, right? So you ask five whys. Okay, so you, you want to lose 20 pounds. Why do you want to lose 20 pounds, right? And get at that. Why do you want to get until you finally get at that core aspiration? And then knowing that you're going to do things differently than you would uh, if it was just a matter of doing that 20 pounds. So finding out what that customer's uh, success is, uh, is, uh, is crucial to, uh, to doing that. And then the, uh, the third one again, 
The third one is identify barriers. Right. So, so, so they're all obstacles, right? One of the reasons you go up and you go down is because the obstacles that you have and you've got to be able to overcome those, you know, so uh, in weight loss, you see this also in like smoking cessation or you want to quit smoking, right? Well, and you identify, well, what's a barrier? The barrier is everybody goes out at 345 and has a smoke outside the building, right? And I'm part of that group. I'm in on that. And, and I, I try going out there and not smoking, but it's really hard, right? Well, that, guess what? You got to stop going out, right? It's just too tempting. You know, if you're, if you are an alcoholic, right? Going to bars is just too tempting. Yes, you can not, you know, you're able to physically, but it's too tempting. And the more you do, the chances that at some point you're going to, you fall backwards are big. So what are those obstacles and try and provide routes around them, basically, again, till you get to that uh, customer success that they've defined. Well, this is kind of a, a meta question because Ron and I are trying to help businesses uh, transform to the transfer selling transformations. Exactly. <laughs> you want your clients to become transformation, right? That's to right. Guide transformations, right? Transformers. Yeah, transformers of transformers. So, so right. I wanted to, to to ask you: Do you suggest like for these these three different areas, develop maybe a question set for people? Because one of the things that Ron and I uh, struggle or find that people struggle with is the forgetting part, the the, the leaving the how they did things in the past behind. Right. right. <laughs> you know. So, uh, is there have there been any techniques that you use in your consulting engagements that you try to to elicitate this stuff from people? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there are a host of things, and there there if you look in the realm of personal development as well as organizational transformation, um, there are a lot of questions that it makes sense to to act on those on those parts. Um, what I tend to look at with clients is is what are the set of experiences that we can put uh, in there. And, and so that we understand uh, often, sometimes I hate using the word journey, but I particularly like it if you think about hero's journey. I don't know if you know the, the concept of hero's journey mm. of Joseph Campbell originally. And it's basically, it's, a, it's 12 steps. It's, it's, first of all, a dramatic structure, right? Going back to theater, I've got many different models for dramatic structure. Hero's journey is one of them, but it's the only one that is a transformational journey as well. And uh, and include you know, one of the things that you get in the third quadrant of this is the wise wizard or, you know, the, the, the guide that comes along. Well, guess what? That's you. <laughs> right? That's you. So with one client, I did we did actually sit down and identify each of those 12 statements. We named each of those 12 um, uh, segments of, of the journey. We talked about how their person is th- that it's actually not their own employee, but a partner that they have. That that is an actual guide with them in that quarter where, where that's what they got to do. You get to that point where you have despair and you don't think you're going to make it until you finally achieve the transformation. Um, and we defined what that was and how they could make it a bigger moment with them, which cements the memories of that and get them to realize, oh, wow, right. I really I really can see the difference of uh, than what it was before. And that last part is about them going back to normal, right? It's the denouement of, of, of the dramatic structure. And, and, and we came up with ways of where they could extend that so they could keep that feeling that they had uh, for a longer um, uh, time after the, after the transformation. So you can think about those things as well. It's a, it's a, it's a good way, but not the only way uh, to be able to do that. Then each of those, you then look at what are the barriers that keeps them going from this step to that step and, and, and so forth. 
All right. Well, this has been great. We're right up against our last break. Want to remind oh, those really? of you. Yeah, not, not our last break. Our, this next break. Uh, we're going to remind you, you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website is The Soul of Enterprise, where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. We do have our Patreon channel out there, patreon.com slash TSOE, where you can listen to the show commercial free, as well as our bonus episodes that we do after each show. At a certain level, you can get a shout out like Blake Oliver did at Earmark CPA. Listen to his stuff at Earmark. CPE, I'm sorry, CPE.com. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Joe Pine for the second time talking about transformations. And Joe, I I love how you say this. You say being in the transformation business means charging for the demonstrated outcome the aspirant achieves and not for the particular activities the company performs. I I so agree with this in theory. And and so I got a couple of questions for you. One is when you went to that golf pro and got into the single digit (laughs) handicap, did he charge you for the outcome or did he charge you by the hour or by the lesson? Right. So I, so I offered him that, right. So I said, and, and but, but we didn't actually consummate the deal because uh, I actually moved not too long after that, mm. but, it, but, it, but I was talking to him because one time he just asked like, what do you do for a living? Oh, I talk, uh, you know, I, I write books and, and uh, do speechy speeches consulting around the world. And, and he said, you know, well, like, what are you working on? Well, I'm working on this new book. You know, it was before the experience economy came out. And I talked to transformation just hit me in the moment. So I said, so for example, I'm really asking you for a transformation. And instead of um, charging me for the experience, right? Where it's just per hour, per half hour. If I remember right, it was like 30 bucks per half hour back then. Uh, instead, what we'll do this is, is I'll pay you half that, right? You still get $15, so it's not zero. But when I get to single digit handicap golf, I'll pay you $5,000. I mean, just number popped in my head. And, and it was funny because he, he immediately went like this, right? And he's looking at me. 
And I know that what he's thinking is, is this guy in front of me really capable, capable. Of, of getting a single digit handicap, right? Because I was, I was in the 20s at the time. And he said, all right, you know, if we did that, I would have you practice three hours, you know, three times a week. I'll give you regimens. I don't care how often you play, but you're going to practice. I'm going to show you how to practice. We're going to go out on the courts so I can see how you play when you're actually out there and, and do uh, course management and so forth. And there are all these things that he never mentioned as long as he was fat, dumb, and happy to take my fee every couple of weeks for 30 bucks. Right. right? Once he realized that his income was dependent on my outcome, everything changes. And then he recognized that he has to do things differently in order to ensure that I, I get that outcome. And and I love this. I, I totally agree with you. However, in practice, this is kind of complex. I mean, let's just talk about a CPA firm that does taxes. They could say, whatever, we'll take some percentage of whatever we save you in taxes, our strategy. Now there's ethical lines there, but it, they can do it to some extent. Yeah. But my problem with that, Joe, from a transformation standpoint is I don't want to minimize, I just don't want to minimize my customer's taxes. I want them to pay more taxes because I want to maximize their wealth. <laughs> exactly. It reminds me of, of a time I was sitting in the accounting class, right? At the, at the MIT, I got, IBM had sent me to MIT to get my master's degree. And that's where I actually started as my thesis, my first book on mass customization. And he, and he asked for a show of hands. He said, how many people here would like to have paid the IRS a million dollars last year, right? And everybody's going like this. And all of a sudden, it took me like three or four seconds, but I went, ooh, ooh, me, 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 right? I would have loved to pay the IRS a million dollars, right? Because it meant I would have made millions of dollars. And, and, and that's the case, right? You want to help their business so they're paying their appropriate taxes. And it's more because their business is greater, because their revenue is greater and, and, and income and so forth. And so one, one of the things we think subscription does is it gets us closer to how you should charge for a transformation because I, I think of the concierge doctors like MD squared, um, you know, and they, they're not on this fee for service treadmill where they only get paid doing things to you rather than for you. So they're there to keep right. you healthy, not just get you better when you're sick. And that is a transformation. I mean, I think it's serial transformations over time. They can do lots of different things for you. Right. But it, it, to get to that endpoint, from, and I'm talking from a pricing standpoint, that's a huge leap. And I think subscription gets us partway there. Yep, it does. It does. In, in fact, it gets you. It gets you to the experience level, right? Because what I always say is that you are what you charge for. Right. You are what you charge. If you charge for undifferentiated stuff, you're in the commodities business. If you charge for the in, uh, uh, tangible things, you're in the goods business. If you charge for intangible activities, you're in the service business. Right? And that's what CPAs and, and, and other professional service firms, right, as they're called, do, is that they're charging for the activities they do, no matter what the outcome is, right? I'm going to, I'm going to you know, copy your report or your, your, your data. I'm going to uh, uh, file it in. I'm going to put it into my computer. I'm going to double check it. I'm going to look at all the numbers. I'm going to think about all the tax changes and make sure that it, it accomplishes everything. And those are all activities, right? And you're paying for that generally per hour, right? No matter what the outcome is. They could have missed something that would have saved you $10,000 and, and they still get paid the same amount of money. They could have made a mistake that, or, or, or you know, pushed the boundaries of, of a thing and <laughs> got you more money, but you're still paying the same amount. Um, but an experience is, you, you, is you're economically in the experience business when you charge for time. The, the time that that people spend with you right mm -hmm. that, and that right that means that means a admission fee 
or a membership fee or a subscription fee, right? So it's, and among others. So it's some way of charging for time, right? You're, you're paying per month, right? This is that concierge subscription level. I love, and I hadn't thought of this before, and I'm probably going to steal it. I love your statement about serial transformations, right? That it is an ongoing thing. And, I, and I'm going to think about that some more. But I do think it gets, it gets you out of pure service, right? Gets you into that experience level, which then enables you to more easily get to the transformation level um, because of the value that you're providing that they're paying for for the, all the interactions that are incorporated into, subsumed into that um, um, a subscription uh, fee. Right. You know, we had Marco Bertini on and he wrote The Ends Game. And his point is, you know, we need to move away from paying for promises and pay for performance. And he's got all these examples in his book about the one that really sticks in my mind is the drug Repatha that was designed to prevent strokes and heart attacks. And the only way this big, and it was GSK or one of the big guys, pharma companies, the only way they could get the European companies to pay for it was to say this to them. If you take this $12,000 a year regimen and a patient has a stroke or heart attack, you get your money back. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's, that is a, I call that a transformation guarantee, right? right. There's a lot of right. ways that companies do it. Is there here? There's a transformation guarantee. You pay me up front. If you don't get the transformation, then I, I, I give you money back. You could also do it based on levels of outcome, right? I was talking to a friend who mm -hmm. runs a consulting company and uh, yesterday, in fact, and they, he said they charge for, um, uh, uh, they get half of it up front, right? Half of their fees. And then the, or the rest of it is based on success fees, where if you get what well, we agree our KPIs and you hit those APIs, we get the other 50%, but otherwise it's 25% or zero. And by the way, if we get the certain amount, the second level of KPIs, we get 125 or 150%, right? So we get bonuses based off of, of what it does. And so you can imagine uh, pharmaceutical companies or medical device companies could do that. Uh, Omar Ishrak, the, uh, the former CEO of Medtronic's, uh, had an article in the Wall Street Journal, I think three or four years ago, where he said that basically we're going like the rest of healthcare to value-based pricing, right? That's right. what the value that we, that in some way, shape or form, we're going to get paid off of the value that we provide rather than just for the goods, the devices uh, that we that we sell, because they realize that it doesn't matter, right? You give me a pacemaker and I die next week, your pacemaker did, you know, because my heart failed, it did me no good. Right. You, you've got to show that that value. And that's what charging for outcomes does. And again, like my golf coach, True. once you start charging for outcomes, it changes how you do things. Because because, you know, once once they sell that drug for twelve thousand. Right now, they're starting to think, OK, well, guess what? They have to actually take the drug. The biggest problem the pharmaceutical and the whole healthcare industry has is people people don't follow the prescriptions. They don't get the drugs. They don't keep up with them. They don't take them right. Well, if they're smart. They're going to be saying we need to actually be in contact with these people and make sure they're taking it right, right? Make sure they're doing it every day, whatever it might be. I know I've, I had blood clots in my lungs um, mm -hmm. uh, last year because of an old injury in my foot that developed blood clots, and every once in a while, right? These were small in the periphery, so it wasn't life threatening, but it was. Um, uh, but I got on Zeralta, and I got to be on Zeralta for the rest of my life. And the one thing that sort of scared me at first, they said, is is because he didn't say why it says now you got to make sure you take it with 500 calories i'm like okay I, I eat a good breakfast but i have no idea if it's 500 calories or not and so i started <laughs> eating more breakfast just to make sure it was 500 calories because i don't know what happens when it isn't 
But, you know, things like that, that a lot of people may ignore and take it on an empty stomach. And I don't know if you get develop an ulcer or what the issue is, but I don't want to find out. But not everybody <laughs> reads the instructions well. Right, right. People don't finish their antibiotics. That, I right. know that's that's a big the big thing. Yeah, they think, yeah. OK, I yep. feel better. I'm done. No, you got to finish the whole treatment. <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I loved your um, transformations are inside and all the other things are outside. That's another great distinction. Another fantastic distinction you make. And I did quote you in my book about this. And uh, by the way, you're in the acknowledgments in my book. I, I should oh, well. I should send you one um, <laughs> you be, because the transformation idea is mind blowing. But um, Joe, explain the difference between insurance with an I, assurance and insurance with an E. Right. It's, it's a great little model because we have these three words that a lot of people think are synonyms, but they're really not. If you look at the dictionary definition of the word insure with an I, it means it means um, basically to uh, to pay money. Right. Because of a particular event. Right. Insure is is a service of paying money um, uh, when something bad happens. Right. right? Assure is, is about a feeling. Right. It's a feeling of satisfaction that you get. And usher is at the experience level where you feel better about it. You know, the, the classic example I always love to use was progressive insurance with their, um, um, their uh, mobile insurance agents that would go out in the city in the, in the progressive vehicles, and they would make you feel better. They give you a seat uh, on the vehicle to sit and calm your nerves, give you a cup of coffee, have the brewing on the vehicle. You don't have to do anything. They go about adjusting the claim. And over 90% of the cases, they handle the claim on the spot. You don't have to worry about going back home. In fact, your car can't be driven. They call a tow truck company, deliver to the garage of your choice, or Progressive will handle the, the repairs uh, without you having to do a thing. They call a rental car company, have them drop it off at the side of the accident. Think about how all the stuff that you would have to worry about, take that worry about, we're going to assure you, and and we and we you know we know something bad's happened, but we want it to be a great experience for you and how we recover from that. And ensure with an E is to secure an actual event situation or outcome, right? It's right in the definition, secure an outcome. That's what ensure is, right? And so ensure is the transformation level. How about we make the bad thing not happen in the first place, right? right, right. In, in insurance terms. Or how about we make sure we ensure you get back to whole, right? That you don't take any loss on, on anything that you're doing. Um, so although, and I think any, again, any professional services, any financial services can think about those same levels of insuring, of assuring, and ideally of insuring. Now, again, the, all the others are subsumed. You still got to pay money if there's a, if there's a, a bad thing that happens. You still got to, or want to feel better about it so that you can help them go to that, that transformation level. One of the things that I think is really neat about that when in, in the context of uh, direct primary care doctors or concierge doctors yeah. is they're kind of combining insurance with an I with the insurance with an E because they're saying whatever you need that we can do, you're covered. Yeah. Right. There is no scope of work. There is no fee for service. It's just access to us whenever you need us. Right. And because it's an insurance product, that's interesting psychology because we all pay for it and we love it when we don't use it. Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And, and it just, it, you also then have an ongoing change in attitude about, and that's part of the, the assurance level, but the fact that you feel covered, uh, you feel safe, you feel like if anything happens, you're, you're free of worry uh, and so forth. Um, uh, there's another company out in Seattle, Safeco, I think it was, that had a teen insurance product. And the idea was, is that we're not, you have a teenager that's driving. We're not just going to 
uh, insure them, but we're going to make them better drivers. So we can, one, they don't have an accident. Two, relieve you of worry, right? Because we'd actually take, here's an extra safety course we have to take you through. Here's different things we're going to do, including uh, we have the ability to give you, give the parents a notice if they exceed the speed limit by a certain amount, and you can decide how much that is, right? You can actually set a geofence around, you cannot drive past around this area, right? Or the car shuts away. They don't shut it off, but they, give, they again, give you a notice so that when you get home, you, you, you're going to have to pay, Buster, as my mom used to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, Joe, this has been great. What an honor to be able to talk to you again. Thank you so much. Ed's going to take you the rest of the way home. But thank you from the bottom of my heart. Your transformation thank ideas you. changed my life. Um, and folks, wow. I'd like to remind you, if you want to contact Ed or me, send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. And now we want to hear from our sponsors and Ed's employer, Sage. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing Hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise and we are back with joseph pine on the soul of enterprise and joe i want to come back to your golf pro because the 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 other <laughs> the other my golf pro i know right? it's a it's a it's a great it's a great framework for the the the, the conversation um, you came to him with your, your suggested pricing right. mechanism. Right, right. If he had said, okay, so this, so this, uh, this guy, Joe Pine's got a great idea. He's going to write a book about this. And he said, you know what? I'm going to change my business and only charge for this. He's going to have to take fewer customers, isn't he? Because not everyone yes. wants to pay that way. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's where you need, you know, we, we talk about, uh, in the book, we talk about three phases of transformation. So you need a diagnosis up front. You know, who is this person? Um, uh, uh, what do they want to become? But where are they now relative to that? And you look at that gap and then and then you design the set of experiences, the second phase, set of experiences that close that gap over time. And then third phase is follow through, uh, which is ensuring again, use the, the word Rod loves, right? Ensuring that the transformation takes hold, that they sustain it through time, right? If I go through a smoking cessation class, 
and I and I quit smoking. But three weeks later, I light up again. Right, I wasn't truly transformed. So you got to have that ongoing relationship to sustain it through time. Well, there's really a phase zero, right, or a zeroth phase uh, in there, which is triage, to use another medical term. Now, you know, triage when there's a, a, a battlefield or there's a huge accident and the medical responders got to figure out, right, who can be saved. Some people can't be saved. And if we spend time on those that can't be saved, we may lose somebody that could have been saved. And, and so it's, it's that notion, too, of is this person capable of the transformation that uh, that he or she wants to undergo? And so you need that triage aspect. And there are some people you're going to say no. Right. And, and, and maybe you say, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll treat you at the experience level. I'll, I'll let you come in uh, and, uh, and, and, and do, uh, you know, whatever lessons you want, but I'm not going to do it at the, at the transformation level. And as you are working with, with more and more people that are transformed, they often want more tighter working together and, and take up more of your time. And yes, you may have to let other people go uh, so they don't fill your time. The U.S. Army, just in the past three or four months, um, came out or at least announced that they have a program, for example, that a lot of people that want to go in the Army do not meet the requirements, right? And you can't go to, to uh, base camp to, um, um, that's not the right, to boot camp, if you, um, you know, are overweight, if you have these you know, particular characteristics, if you don't pass the, the intelligent tests or whatever it might be. And so they actually have another program. Right. So that your triage says you didn't make it. You can't go to boot camp, but we're going to send you this other program and we're going to try and get you to get your weight down. We're going to try and get you to get your fitness up. We're going to educate you on the things you need to know in order to get into boot camp. And they have it was like an 80 or 90 percent success rate of preparing those people enough that they then can go under the transformation of boot camp to become a soldier, to be all you can be, which also is a set of serial uh, uh, transformations there. So we need to think about those sorts of things as well. So I, I lifted a page from uh, one of my uh, all-time mentors, Peter Block, who I consider to be the father of modern consulting. Yep. And uh, he talks about, yeah, yeah right. I was up there by the bees. Um, <laughs> but but anyway, he, he talks about th that there are three types of, of consultants, and that is pair of hands experts and collaborators and one of the the questions that i suggest that people ask who want to sell transformations is say this to your a prospective you know customer of yours which of those three best describes the type of relationship you want to have right. with us right. and unless they say collaborator right <laughs> <laughs> but I like your idea of maybe that you have uh, two other buckets that you can put people into and 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 get, get put them to the right place. So right, prepare them for the collaboration that you want to have. Yeah. So if you can set up a, a way to collaborate on that. Well, we've only got a, a few minutes left, but I, I do want to jump to the end of the article. I'm not going to bushwhack you like I did last time by dropping the, the whole stuff I, on I you. But you. But I do want to just talk about your, the whole notion of defining the offering. I think defining the offering is so important because many of the folks that we are working with are so used to just stacking services on top of each other. Right. And what's the, what are some of the things that you can do the best way to, to define an offering that is really focused on transformation? Great. Well, so so one of one of the ways is to look at I'll, I'll, I'll use the term a, a generic aspiration. Right. So the generic like healthy, wealthy and wise. Right. Or very high terms underneath health. You can say like you go to a hospital, you want to go from sick to well. But but then. 
So within that, then you have a set of capabilities to do a lot of different things uh, for customers to be able to transform them from uh, from sick to well. But you you don't go to an orthopedist if you have a heart problem, right? So you have to define what what are the what are, what again what is that business that we're in, but define it in a transformational sense, right? It with transformational words of and the best the two best words used in any in any case there is from to, right? It's from to from sick to well from smoker to non smoker. And how, and then, so you've got that generic of defining what our offering is. Um, then you can look at all the different ways that you can be able to do that and the things you need to be able to do that. And one of the things we say along with that is, and it may anticipate your next question, I don't know, is, is that you then need to integrate solutions, right? Because rarely do you in fact have enough capability all by yourself to be able to treat this person, to be able to help them achieve their aspiration. And that's where you need to think about how you go, uh, you know, what else you have in there that, again, can be good services and experiences, right? It's not just that upper level transformation. Maybe they do need to read things. Maybe they need, like, as part of your subscription service, maybe you need a, a you know, a daily uh, uh, a burst of something, a, a you know, daily email that says, think about this. And then you need something weekly. You need something monthly. Uh, so you may you may send them things that they can incorporate uh, versus all being live sessions that you that you have with them. So what are the set of things, the good services, experiences that that we can put together to achieve that uh, overall uh, offering that we that we have and that that our um, customers, our clients, our aspirants want? Yeah, the, the, the really the shift from 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 um, uh, support and maintenance on a on a software side, let's say, to customer success. You know, yes. being being far, far more um, proactive about the conversation. So. Yeah, the, you know, the the lead author in our HBR last year, Lance Betancourt, right? That's what he approached me with. Is like I got this customer success perspective, and I think it fits in with your transformation perspective. And we said, yeah, it really does. <laughs> so that's where we started to uh, you know to combine forces and come out with that article. That it really is about about your customer success, right? The outcome again that they want and how you how you make that happen. Yeah. Well, I'm going to just read one segment of the the, the article. We've got about 90 seconds left. I want you to, to just uh, f- fill in the color for me on this. You say <laughs> transformational business models will be much harder to imitate than those that only offer goods, services, or experiences. And I love the last part. And they promise to generate a handsome reward. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So it's very it, you, it's very hard to re- reverse engineer right a transformation. You reverse engineer goods. You can see what service people are doing, but experiences and transformations really happen inside of people. There's a lot of secret sauce there that people can actually be there with you and still not quite understand because there's psychiatry going on. There's neuroscience going on. Um, there's all these different disciplines that can come together to do that. So it makes it much, much harder to, uh, to imitate in any way. Uh, and it's much more unique to that, to that uh, individual. And yes, you will get much more rewards, right? Even if you don't get to the level of charging for outcomes, which you should, you're going to be able to charge a premium for the services that you have because people recognize that there's so much more value there. And they're going to tell other people about it. And they're going to want to come back again and so on and so forth. Um, we've got 30 seconds left. I want to ask this for on a, on a pricing, just if you have any opinion on should, should one offer choices in your uh, offering or should you really try to develop one price for them that is unique and specific to them? Uh, okay. Yes. 
<laughs> you know what? I think I've just set you up for the, uh, your next appearance on the Sullivan Enterprise. But I think you, you do want to customize down to the individual, but it may still begin with a better you know, a, a good, better, best sort of approach with multiple buckets that you're looking at. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Joe. That was a totally unfair question with 30 seconds to go, but I really, truly appreciate it. Thanks so much for appearing today on The Soul of Enterprise. Ron, what do we got coming up next week? For the fourth time, Ed, we have Doug Sleater, who's been reincarnated from... Yes, because ChatGPT had him dead, and now yeah. ChatGPT4 has him alive. So we're happy <laughs> to talk to the resurrected Doug Sleater next week. Ron, I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Join us next week, folks, on Friday at noon Pacific time. In the meantime, check us out at thesoulofenterprise.com. We'll have full show notes with our interview with Joe Pine today and where you can learn more about his work. Uh, also, you can contact Ed or myself at asktsoe at Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great weekend. <laughs>